One of my very favorite movies is the 1989 film Field of Dreams. Do you know that movie, Field of Dreams? I love that movie. It's been called an old-fashioned baseball movie, but I think it's more than that. I think it's actually uh, quite a theological movie. It's almost a biblical story, if you will. It's about a man named Ray who repeatedly hears a disembodied voice whisper to him, if you build it, he will come. Well, at first, Ray doesn't know what the voice is talking about, but after a while, he determines that the voice is asking him to build a baseball field in the middle of his cornfield in Iowa. And of course, a lot of people do not understand this, to say the least, but eventually, with the support of his wife, Ray does plow under a great uh, amount of his corn, and before you know it, the lights of this baseball field are towering over the Iowa landscape. Well, after Ray builds a baseball field, then he just sort of has to sit around and wait to see how things are going to turn out. He has to wait to see what will happen. And lo and behold, one day, out of the corn surrounding that baseball field, come baseball players, long dead who go out onto that field and begin to play a baseball game. And one day, someone else joins them. It turns out to be Ray's deceased father, from whom he was estranged for a very long time. Now, ultimately, the story is about reconciliation between father and son. And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm watching that movie and it gets to the scene where Ray and his dad play catch, I cry. I cry every single time, maybe because my husband was a very fine baseball player who was taught to play catch by his dad, who is now deceased, and I think about Tripp and his dad playing ball, and that makes tears come to my eyes. But then, too, who among us would not give anything, would not give anything for just one more moment, someone we have loved, who is lost to us to death, someone who has died. But I think there's something else about that movie that touches us deeply and, and resonates in such a way that all these years later that movie is so popular, and I think it's Ray's faith. Ray has great faith, doesn't he? He has faith to step out and risk and invest and build this thing that other people don't understand without knowing who will use it or when they will use it or why. It's a tremendous risk for him to listen to this voice that says, if you build it, he will come. And yet Ray does that. He steps out and he risks, he invests, he builds in faith, and then he just waits to see how things will turn out. And isn't it that way in our lives? I trust none of us is building a baseball field in the middle of Iowa. But all of us, all of us, every day, we risk. We step out in faith, we invest, we build, and then we, we wait to see how it'll all turn out. We wait to see how our children, our grandchildren, our marriage, our job, even our very lives, will turn out. 
Well, Jesus tells us that the kingdom of God is like that. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a man who has to go away on a journey, and he calls to him his most trusted servants, and he entrusts them with all that he has. Friends, can you imagine being that man? He's called away, it seems without warning, sort of suddenly, and we don't know why, but what we do know is he has to leave the entirety of his life behind. So he calls these trusted ones to him, and he says, I've got to go. I'll be back, I don't know when. But here it is. All that I have, I'm trusting it to you. I'm giving it to you in faith. I I know you'll care for it. Don't forget, I'm going to come back. But you care for it until I return. And can we imagine how those servants felt? Maybe, thank Maybe, but I think more likely afraid. I mean, what an enormous responsibility. No wonder that one that's given the one talent goes out and buries it because he's scared. He's afraid. He might lose it. He might mess it up. He, he just doesn't want to get in trouble with the master when he comes back, so he thinks better to just conserve it, put it in the ground, and when the master returns, then, well, then he can just give it back as it was. But of course, the The master wasn't looking for conservation, was he? The master was looking for faith, for risk, for growth, and, well, friends, that's the lesson of the parable. I wonder, how do you think we as the church are doing, given the fact that Christ has entrusted his very life to us, to to this church? You know, this time of year, I'm putting together a lot of statistics that I have to turn into the conference. We United Methodists, we love statistics. We keep uh, very close lists. We, we watch our numbers, and I've got to turn in statistics soon that kind of sum up this past year at Alamo Heights UMC. I, I have to turn into the conference the number, for example, of baptisms in the past year the number of people in worship on average, the number of people in Sunday school on average, the number of youth in our confirmation class, even the number of our members who have died in the past year. And statistics are good. I mean, they're helpful, right? They have their place, but statistics don't really tell you everything you need to know about the church, do they? For example, when I turn in that number that tells the conference how many people we baptized here in the past year, it, it, it doesn't convey what it feels like when I stand up here in front of you and I'm baptizing a baby, and I hold that child and I look out at you, and I see the look of love on your faces. How you understand that when that child comes into my arms as the pastor, that child also comes into your arms as the church, and you stand ready to invest in that child's life to be their church, to teach them about the unconditional love of God, 
to teach them about grace. Statistics don't tell you that. And the statistics don't talk about the times that we stand together and we recite an affirmation of faith like the Apostles' Creed. I love that moment in worship when we do that together. When a, when a little one like this stands up in the pew behind, right beside a parent or little older children or, or youth and I, I look out at them and they're standing among you and they're reciting this ancient creed. Little ones, four or five years old, are saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Four and five years old. I believe in God the Father Almighty. And I feel this emotion well up in my chest because, again, I see in you your commitment to, to them, your investment in teaching them the historic Christian faith. And there's so much more the statistics won't talk about. The statistics really can't convey all the ways through the ministries of this church that you reach out in love and concern to the world. I mean, Sunday school teachers have have taught young and old, and Bible study groups have met and asked hard questions of the faith. Small groups of all kinds have wrestled with the Holy Scriptures and asked what it means to live as a Christian today and been unafraid to do that and ask those questions in love and in respect for one another. And you fed so many people this year. You fed people through our Hope Center. Sometimes I, I walk by the lunch bunch on Thursdays and I, I see how seniors come to be fed in, in body and in spirit because they enjoy the fellowship as much as the food and the food's really good, friends. Asbury Food and Prayer, same thing. Our Asbury campus feeds the body and the spirit of our neighbors. And then ushers and greeters have been here week after week and You've reached out and provided clothing to those who need it, and you visited people in prison, and oh my goodness, friends, the love you've shown. The reality is that in some, this church has fed the hungry and given a cup of cold water to the thirsty and clothed the naked and visited the sick and those in prison. And you've shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with as many as would hear it, and some who perhaps really didn't even want to. And just this morning, you've given your commitments, you've invested in the ministries of this church in 2021, and you've done all of that in the midst of a global pandemic. You've done all of that in one of the most challenging times that the church has ever experienced. You've been so incredibly faithful, and do you see, friends, that's what it means to invest the talent, to step out in faith, to risk, to invest, to build, and then to wait in faith and see how it all turns out by the hand of God. And I'm so incredibly grateful to be the pastor of a church that is so faithful in that way because you so consistently risk. You risk to build the kingdom. I see you do it. You are so generous in spirit. I have seen you plant seeds 
trees whose shade you will never know. And I want you to understand that I know how hard it is to risk like that in this time, to invest of yourself like that right now. In the midst of this global pandemic, in the midst of this incredibly challenging time, it is so hard because, you know, the world is going to tell you that we just might be foolish, that in times like these, what's best is to conserve, to hold tight. We must be prudent in that way, they will say. Better to bury the talent and make sure it's still there. Ah, in times like these, you can't ever be too careful, they'll say. One of my preaching heroes, Fred Craddock, tells a story about going to the grocery store on a Saturday afternoon. He needed some peanut butter. And he said he went to the local Winn-Dixie supermarket, which was a huge place, and it was full of people on Saturday, and he didn't know the store very well. He wandered around for a few minutes, couldn't find the peanut butter, and he thought, maybe I better ask somebody. So he saw a woman, he said, pushing a cart, sort of strolling along, and he thought, she looks comfortable here, I'll ask her. So he approached this woman and said, excuse me, ma'am, you tell me where to find the peanut butter? And she backed up and said, are you hitting on me? And Craddock said, no, ma'am, I just wanted to find the peanut butter. Well, about that time, um, a store employee came by and Craddock grabbed him and said, can you tell me where the peanut butter is? And the guy said, sure, over there on all five. So Craddock goes over there and he says, he walks halfway down the aisle and sure enough, here are these huge tubs of peanut butter and he grabs one and as he turns around to leave, he runs right into that same woman and she sees the peanut butter in his hands and she says, oh, you were looking for the peanut butter. <laughs> yes, I told you that, I was looking for the peanut butter and she said, well, you know, nowadays you can't be too careful. And Craddock said, ma'am, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Friends, yes, you can. You can hold on too tight. You can bury the talent. You can be so concerned that you act out of fear and you keep your fist clenched so tight and ojality can happen. I got to tell you, that might make us feel more in control, but it won't bring joy to anyone, not us or anybody else or even God. But on the other hand, we can risk. We can invest. We can answer the call of our most generous God and we can give our time, our talents, our resources for the building of the kingdom and then, my friends, we can enter into the joy of our master. You know, at the very end of the movie, Field of Dreams, there's a great scene where Ray and his deceased father stand there on that baseball field carved out of a field of corn, and 
Ray's father says to him, is this heaven? Ray says, oh, is Iowa. His father looks around and says, hmm, I could have sworn this heaven. And then he asks, is there a heaven? Oh, yeah, says his father. It's the place where dreams come true. My friends, do you see, of course, there is a heaven. It's the place where the dreams of Christ come true. And it's right here, right now in this place. It begins here. And Jesus Christ calls us to help him build it. What a joy that is. Do you see, friends, that God and Jesus Christ has entrusted us with his, his very life? And that everything we do, even the smallest thing, can invest the talent can help build the kingdom of God here on earth, whether that's donating blood or donating money or baking a pie or teaching Sunday school or giving just one can of food to the food drive. That's helping to build the kingdom of God. And do you know, friends, that every single one of us will have our time? We will, or we will come before the Lord and we will say, look, look, Lord, this is what I have done with what you have given me. This is my very best. And we will hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, I will put you over much. Now enter into the joy of your master. My friends, that is the greatest joy that we could ever know. It's the joy of living a generous life. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for you have been so incredibly generous with us. Oh Lord, let us be so bold as to give generously in return. Lord, help us to be faithful, to risk, to invest in your ministries through this church and throughout the world all to your glory. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.